0: following is entitled, The Customer is Always Right, or a poem based on actual things heard while working at Dollar General. Can you check for more of this in the bag? Is this the same price if I get it in black? Why won't my coupons work? I have to pay full price for this? You're a jerk. This doesn't fit. Don't put it in a bag, nitwit. Dang, I left my wallet in the truck. You know what? You suck. I'm not going to talk to you. Why don't you guys sell toxic glue? Please, put my one item in a bag. This lawn chair is only a dollar. Trust me, don't scan the tag. The apocalypse is coming soon. The sign back there said a dollar. You buffoon. I know it's nine fifty nine, 59 but I just need one cart's worth of stuff. Yeah, I'm returning this empty bag of jerky. It was too tough. How much are these dollar chips? What? I'm not paying a dollar fifty for 100 Q-tips. This is 75% off. Oof, too rich. I don't want it. Can I try this deodorant on my armpit? The customer is always right. Be careful, my son has been known to bite. Don't make eye contact with me. Well, if it doesn't scan, it must be free. Dig. Here it comes!
1: Sword Confessions of Two Men with Nothing in Common but an Accent. I am James. And I'm Matt. And we left you with a little bit of a cliffhanger in the first episode of this new season. And much like a old comic book throwing in a filler issue in the middle of a story arc because the artist hasn't finished drawing all of Spider-Man's webs yet, this is the episode where he will finally give you resolution on the future of Matt Johnson. Dun, dun, dun.
0: Also, back up to the Marvel Comics now. You know when they didn't have fill-in issues back when Jack Kirby did things? Motherfucker drew 12, 22-page comic books a month. Like, to be fair, like, he died of, like, hand cancer, I think. Like, his hands had fallen off by the time he was, you know, 55. But still, it was gorgeous. Every one of them, work of art. I don't know if that's entirely accurate, Matt. I mean, so many Kirby dots. Do you think those dots just, like, you know, where do they come from? He makes them, so, big fan. Are
1: you suggesting that all of the Kirby dots that are currently employed were just drawn by Jack Kirby and put into some kind of warehouse at some point?
0: (laughs) Exactly, like the warehouse in Indiana Jones. Um, There's just a giant warehouse filled with Kirby dots, watched by top men. So would that make top men Dan DeDio and Jim Lee? It's a weird no, thought. but they're they're DC. Come on, the Kirby dots are for everybody. Everyone should have Kirby dots. So it's easily it's got to be like a trilateral commission. You got DC, Marvel, and then I'm gonna throw Image in there. Give them ups. Image has been around now what 25 years, so they deserve a seat at the table. It's like the Illuminati from Marvel Comics and Life. So that's yeah. the real Illuminati. The Kirby dots. I want the truth, James. <laughs> the Kirby dots.
1: You were going to be the Jesse Ventura of <laughs> comic book conspiracies. Exactly.
0: Where are you hiding
1: all the Kirby dots? <laughs> I was a governor, goddammit, I should know these things. But yes, you left us with a bit of a cliffhanger last time. And by last time, I mean two episodes ago. Whenever you said that you enjoyed your trip to Boston, mm-hmm. perhaps enough to make the trip permanent.
0: I did, didn't the, at the time so at the time that um i said that it like it was up in the air well things transpired in the ensuing days weeks and months where i was like "Nah, i'm I'm not going to go you know i just it seemed like it was easier to stay here and then instead of move up there well about a month ago things transpired again james because this is a very twisting story a lot of turns um It's like your family tree. Yeah, so now I am leaving the South, like, if not like permanently, at least for the foreseeable future.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. This podcast is going to become Escape from the Bible Belt. (laughs) Matt Johnson as a man alone. His mission, save the president.
0: I don't know if that that, would have worked. That joke would have worked six months ago, but I don't think it works as (laughs) well today i could say a president you know you didn't clarify which one. Oh, bill is lost in boston you have to give him directions i was thinking more of jimmy carter because like, it's like you know when the southerner goes missing in a big northern city they have to send in another southerner to rescue him. that's just how it works
1: oh thank you matt now we're gonna hold my ransom for peanuts
0: i <laughs> are gonna take my peanut fortune
1: they want to know where the secret buried treasure of george washington
0: carver was <laughs> Or, Mr. President, we're out of here. Well, you think you can build me a house? Well, we'll talk about it. Well, shit. But, um, yep. I am moving to a little town. It's about, I say little, there's about 90,000 people there, which is a good size. It's called Brockton, Massachusetts. It's, um, let's say 10 miles south of downtown Boston. So, I'm going to be in the suburbs. So still um, within being in distance. Exactly. And all this came about because something else I haven't mentioned. So, the last time. We we spoke about personal stuff. I had a girlfriend. Well I no longer have a girlfriend, James.
1: <gasps>
0: She's been replaced by a fiance. Uh
1: the same woman?
0: The same woman. I was gonna say that you were moving awfully fast if that were the case. <laughs> the original plan was for her to move like she had I think I talked about it. She had to go back so we, you know, lived she lived in South Carolina for a year. Had to go back home for family reasons. And uh ended up getting a job up there to support herself while she had to deal with family stuff and the original plan was for her to move back down south, either this spring or this summer. A month ago, I get a text, and her boss has said that they want her to stay. Um, they want her to stay so bad that they're going for her promotion that comes with... It's on a two-bedroom apartment for essentially free. Like it's going to be taken out of paycheck, but uh, for all intents and purposes, you know, no rent, no utilities. Whoa, 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 Matt. Is she becoming an indentured servant? Kind of. You know, I, I said something to PJ. Is this about, above a convenience store? I said something to PJ about it, and he said that we're going to be ten, tenant farmers, is what he, you know, that was the joke that he made. <laughs> but um, she took the job offer, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, I flew up there. Also, this is my first time on Airplane James, so it was a very interesting experience. I'd never been on any sort of aeronautical vessel.
1: <laughs> Question How overpowering was the temptation to look out your window and scream, there's a monster on the wing of the plane. (laughs) You
0: have no idea. I was sitting right there beside the wing. I wasn't right there. I could see the wing. I really wanted to, you know, there's something on the wing. Some thing. But no, it was either there was a temptation to do that and also make a terrorist joke, but... Neither one of them would have went over well, I think.
1: Yeah, southern people should mind their own business on airplanes, because anything that comes out of our mouths with that accent <laughs> sounds like I have a pipe bomb.
0: <laughs> um, so, when I went up, actually, when I went up there, um, a couple people, as soon as they heard me speak, like, where are you from originally? Like, oh, is it that obvious that I'm not from there? They're like, yep, pretty obvious. <laughs> what are you talking about? I love the White Sox. My candid response started to be no, I'm from there, I'm just from South Boston uh while I was up there, I interviewed for a job, and I got the job, and I will be working at that job
1: so which job is it?
0: it's actually, I'm working for the same company my fiance works for a company that rents and maintains like storage units, like you know the self storage stuff that people hide um or, you know, well, hides a good word, but, you know, they take um, <laughs> stuff they can't store in their home, or, you know, if they're a hoarder, they buy one, or if they're a drug dealer, they buy one.
1: We've all seen Storage Wars. Yes. So what I like is, in the couple of years you've done this podcast, you have gone from working at Dollar General to driving people to Dollar General to facilitating the storage of shit that people get at Dollar General. <laughs>
0: Oh, I never thought about it like that. That kind of depresses me now. Thank you, James.
1: should uh, that be depressing. You're working yourself up the food chain.
0: <laughs> All
1: that's missing now is for you to work at a factory where you make the shit that people <laughs> put in the storage unit after they're driven to Dollar General by you.
0: <laughs> From cradle to, gra- to the grave, I'm there.
1: I think this is a big opportunity for us. I mean, if...
0: Oh, that's why can you trying you to your, why are you trying to make my happiness your happiness shame. See, that's classic.
1: I'm just saying if you play your cards right, I think we can get a reality show out of this. Yeah,
0: there we go.
1: Storage Johnson.
0: <laughs>
1: Could you imagine the uh, episode potential we would have if you just described the things you found in storage sheds every month?
0: Yeah. There's so actually I found out a story while I was up there that one of these stores in the district had a guy about close to ten years ago, was storing dead bodies in the storage <laughs> unit. He was a undertaker, and he was cheating people on cost of you know funerals and stuff, and not actually burying them because he didn't have the money. He was stealing the money from the actual funeral costs and just leaving them in storage units.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa! So, wouldn't they have known that a funeral did not take place?
0: They saw the casket, but I guess they didn't. Or uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. They were cremating. It was, you know. Oh, uh, okay.
1: Because I was gonna say that is the most nonsensical scheme. I've ever heard of. You, you see that casket? I didn't put the body in there. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Now watch the green greenbacks come rolling
0: in. That's what I forgot. That's what it was. He was saying he were, he was cremating people. But wasn't actually cremating them, giving them like, you know, a cigarette ash. Saying, here, here's your aunt. God, how
1: much does it cost to cremate somebody? You just throw them in a fucking fire.
0: I think it could be, oh, I think for him, again, it was cheaper for him to. I think he, I think I want to say maybe his oven, his creme, cremator oven. What do you call it? Crematorium. Yeah, that thing. It was uh, it was broke. I think, and he couldn't fix it or buy a new <laughs> one. Oh,
1: how sad is that? A cremator with a broken crematorium. <laughs> <laughs> that is like the world's saddest children's book. I'm just a lonely embalmer with no one to embalm. <laughs> so that's what you've got to look forward to. I know. Who knows what corpses you may find in the ensuing months. Very true.
0: So I put in my notice at Dollar General best feeling in the world by the way to be there on short time
1: i'm sure it Question: did they just go Did they just fall down at your knees and say no no matt you've been here for 2 years this is the longest anyone's ever worked at dollar general
0: you know it's kind of interesting i've had a couple people who I work with who are sad to see me go they're like oh i wish you would move like like they they like work with someone much, it actually makes me feel good you know to realize that you're Gonna be missed and appreciated, you know. I, 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 what I'm saying is, anytime you get a chance, James, quit your job just to see. It's kind of that thing, like if you die, who's gonna show up at your funeral?
1: I, I just think that they were sad to see you go because you've been there for so long. You're like a father to all of them. It's like, oh, Matt, you're the only man in my life who stuck around.
0: <laughs> you joke, but there's one kid who works with us now who's born like 1998, and. I feel like I'm 100 years old. <laughs> that is bullshit. 1998 is not a real year. Nobody was born then. 1998 was six years ago. We all know this, right? How can a six-year-old be working at Dollar General?
1: Bring on Scream 3.
0: <laughs> so the plan is I work. Uh, March the 3rd is the day that I'm leaving. Um, um, I'm, I've already packed. Like I packed up all my books. I'm in the process of packing my clothes now. And then the only thing I have left to pay – you're going to love this – the the most bulkiest – the bulkiest thing I probably own outside of my clothes and my books would be my record player. I've got to find a place <laughs> to put that in my car. Just strap it to the
1: roof along with PJ's Phantom of the Opera organ. <laughs> yeah, you were telling me the other day that you were having to make a very heart-wrenching choice of which books to take with you and which to leave.
0: Yeah, because I, I bought a – um. One of those, it's like a plastic storage, uh, container. It's about 30 gallons. And I told myself, okay, I'm only gonna take whatever, whatever I can fit in the tote. And everything else, I'm leaving behind, you know. And I was able to do that. I had, like I said, I had to make some hard choices, but I couldn't take everything. So some stuff I did leave behind. It was like, you know, I think, like I told you, like, I like reading Salem's Lot, but I don't think I'm going to read it anytime soon again, so *By Salem's Lot.
1: But Matt, there's so much subtext that we're only just now beginning to crack. That's
0: true. And here's the thing that I didn't tell you because I wanted to tell you this face to face instead of like text or email or anything. The one thing I'm grateful for with doing this packet thing is the fact that i switched to digital books so, so early because I've got so many books that James, all I have to do, they're right here beside me. I've got like 40 <laughs> books on my Kindle that all I have to do is just put in my backpack and they're gone, you know.
1: I like how in the greater context of the show, you getting that Kindle is the most significant thing that's <laughs> happened. <laughs>
0: It really is the through line, is
1: it not? Uh, how beautiful would it be if as soon as you cross, like, the uh, South Carolina border, uh-huh. the Kindle dies. No. you have to leave it on the border of the South There's like, one final sacrifice. And as well, see, you drive away, you sim- you mutter to yourself, butterfly in the sky, I can go twice as high.
0: <laughs> Funny, but you know what happened this past Christmas, James? I bought a new Kindle. <laughs> It will not die. That's what I, I wrote. <laughs> I wrote on, I scribbled on the back of the Kindle. You know, this Kindle will last forever.
1: You named it the SS Titanic. Yes. The only Kindle that serves as an affront to God. God, like, oh, that's such a surreal thought. By the time everyone's listening to this, you will be a Southerner no longer.
0: No. Jack, You'll be an expatriate. I will be a man without a country, or a man without a state, but I will always be a Southerner. It doesn't matter where I go.
1: You'll be an ambassador up north. <laughs> Which means you have diplomatic community.
0: Yes, I can shoot people and get away with it. You're like Dr. Doom. If lethal weapon taught me anything, it's that you can do anything with diplomatic community.
1: I just imagine you like finding the one Waffle House in Boston <laughs> and then leaving without paying your check. Sir, you didn't pay.
0: Diplomatic community. Here's, here's the thing. There are no Waffle Houses in that area, so... I'm gonna set him up as like the ambassador. Like this would be my embassy, the Waffle House in Boston. Well, you find an
1: IHOP and you make it an honorary Waffle House. Yeah. Because really, the only difference between an IHOP and a Waffle House is the amount of amphetamine in the veins of the waitresses.
0: But uh, yeah, I will always be Southern James. I could have gone to Wuhan, China, which again would have been an amazing experience.
1: <laughs> I still, I'm still that. pulling for you to do that. One day. This is only the beginning of the journeys of Johnson.
0: But here's something I'm actually excited about if I'm going to be living up there. I'm only, like, a couple hours away from Canada. I really want to go to Canada now.
1: <laughs> For reasons we won't go into in this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just know that you have that
1: escape hatch at all times.
0: I might need to leave the country real fast if shit goes bad. Yeah. It's funny, like, if you think about the two of us, I feel like if you had to pick one of us would be the one to leave the South, you would be the one. You
1: know what I mean? I just assumed you'd die in the same chair you were born in.
0: <laughs> exactly. Wrap me up in the Palmetto flag of South Carolina. That's how I want to go. But no, I'm going. You know, I've always wanted to travel anyway. So this is an excuse. I've, I've never had a real good reason and I've never really had the means or the way to go. So now it's sort of like everything synced up perfectly. I could get up there and hate it. So, I mean, but I hate, I hate life in general. So it doesn't matter where you're at, right?
1: No matter where you go, the sky is just as shitty. Exactly. And once again, you've managed to get your life moving at a remarkable speed.
0: I guess. It's it's not, it's not anything I've done. This is sort of something that just fell into my lap, you know.
1: Well, as you told me just a couple of months ago, uh, life is just a series of stuff happening that you find a way to roll with. True. Only in your instance, all the stuff happening is good. I know. This,
0: I'm I'm always that guy that I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop,
1: you know? It's going to be really awkward whenever you head to Caitlin's house and uh, every single object in her home has a swastika on it. Every single <laughs> object. The tea cozies have swastikas. The refrigerator is in the shape of a swastika. They have a swastika
0: TV that's on the Nazi
1: channel. I didn't even know that was a thing.
0: I find out that... Her last name is actually her middle name, and her la- her real last name is Furman. <laughs> no. I'm like, no, but then again, I'm tangentially tied to the OJ case. So, eh, you know, you got to weigh your options. It's
1: like I'm a really big fan of your uncle's true crime novels. <laughs> Can he introduce me to Bill O'Reilly? <laughs>
0: Detective Furman. You'll always be Detective Furman to me. See, once again, it just ends up. Positive.
1: <laughs> right. You joke. You would be so fucking happy if your uncle by marriage was Mark
0: Furman. It would be interesting. For Tell sure. me about the riots, Uncle Mark. <laughs> Tell me about the time you sued the LAPD because you said they made you racist.
1: Now, now, Mark, I just want you to know we're family now. So don't think anything weird of me doing this. But I'm gonna set this tape recorder down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now let's talk about a movie i'm gonna be writing you would think by now he would be wary of any sort of record i'm surprised he has his own like he, he even goes on camera anymore like i feel like after what happened <laughs> he should just avoid all recording devices altogether. even like you know if someone tries to take a picture of him
1: yeah i, I don't see a lot of uh Furman selfies popping up on instagram
0: <laughs> For, hashtag Furman fridays
1: Well, God, in a world where uh, Martin Shkreli and Milo Yiannopoulos are anti-famous, could you imagine if Furman took the bait on that? (laughs) The uh, Mark Furman social media experience explodes. He tells it like it is. Oh, God, he starts writing for BuzzFeed. Here's the top seven minorities I've killed. (laughs) Hashtag Furman Fridays. And you're there to manage him every
0: step of the way. That's right. All the way to the White House.
1: Ha, uh, ha, uh, ha, uh, you joke. At this point, I'm expecting Trump to make Mark Furman the attorney general or something.
0: <laughs> head of the, He's going to be head of – I'm surprised he didn't make him head of HUD.
1: No, he, he, he uses every dirty trick in the book to pu- pull some real supervillain shit. He makes Furman head of the ACLU. <laughs> it's like, sir, that's not even a government institution.
0: I do what I want. Actually, you know, you bring that up. I, I think we were talking about this the other day, but – these last few months, even though it's only been a month, <laughs> it, it doesn't feel like it's been a month, James. Um, but the past month of the new administration has been um, very interesting. Uh, the The biggest silver lining that I can take from, and I'll this to BJ today, is that it seems like more people are polit- as politically involved as they've ever been. In terms of examining politicians and their decisions for better or for worse, you know. And I think, uh, last week when we were, we were talking about something else, I said, I used the phrase monkey's paw. And I feel like this is kind of a monkey's paw situation for me where I've always, since I've been a teenager, I've wanted to see more political awareness and activism as for America as a whole. And now that I've got it, but not like this.
1: At what cost? The only explanation for Donald Trump is that this is some kind of monkey's paw situation. <laughs> Somebody encountered the Wishmaster, and things got really hairy in the third act. <laughs> but yeah, It's surreal listening back to just our last episode. I know. And hearing how concerned we were over Mike Pence. I
0: was thinking the same thing. You know, So far, Pence has not really done a whole lot. Did you see that just today? I mean, it was some people were criticizing it for being like political, you know, taking political advantage. But he, um, he went to a cemetery, a Jewish cemetery that had been vandalized by people, and he was helping them clean up, you know, with uh, all the stuff. Again, like I said, it, it doesn't make his past any less horrible, but it's interesting to see, you know, he did something like that. I just think it's fascinating that we're
1: at a point where an administration has to make gestures to confirm that it is not, in fact, (laughs) anti-Semitic.
0: You're right. They have to go out of their way to prove to people that, no, we're decent human beings.
1: Just the other day, we had the President of the United States say, look, I am the least anti-Semitic man you will ever meet, also the least racist, (laughs) which I believe uh, was originally an Abraham Lincoln quote.
0: (laughs) I'm surprised he didn't say, look – I love the Jews. My son in law's one. You know, I've got a Jew in my family. Like that's how you know guys are that like that oh, do. Like I can't be racist.
1: Don't you remember Kwame from season one of The Apprentice?
0: <laughs> God, it's it's been a
1: whirlwind couple of mega weeks.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, one thing I will say is, I don't know if it's kind of Schadenfreude, but I'm really liking some of the backlash that's been going on for the Republicans. Because I, I showed you this today. Like there was a, a bunch of videos of. These senators and congressmen at um, town hall meetings just getting reamed by their constituents for this stuff. But it's it's funny to see that, I'm, especially the Mitch McConnell one. Oh, that like Mitch McConnell, the way he looked like they joke about him being a turtle. But I feel like if he could have burrowed into the ground, then he would have, just the way he looked. But the thing too is like almost all those people who were there probably voted for him back in November. So. Yep.
1: It's yeah. weird to think that the people who may be our biggest allies against Trump might be angry Republicans. The worst thing in the world.
0: But, the, I don't again, like, it's, it's good to see this sort of interest now. Hopefully it stays until, you know, 2018 when they have the midterm elections. But still, you know, the people who are at those town meetings, when it comes time, they're going to check that little uh, box with the R on it. So... It just,
1: it's very frustrating whenever you see that, because it's like, remember after Clinton lost and what everyone was pointing their finger at was, she ignored the rust belt, Yeah, she snubbed her nose at the lower class, that Trump was the champion of the little guy, not her, and now we see people really knowing what it actually looks like whenever somebody fucking ignores the lower class. It goes back to something in this country that's never made a lick of sense to anybody with two brain cells to rub together, which is, why are the Republicans the party of the rich white man, also the party of poor America? Nothing has ever made less sense to me.
0: Uh, I think it kind of goes into what we were talking about last episode, but civil rights, that's why. They were able to convince so many... Middle middle class, uh, midwestern and southern white people, to vote against their better interests just based purely on civil rights. That's it, pretty much. That's all the only way. That's the easiest explanation I have for it.
1: I always go back to uh, a very brilliant uh, bit by Patton Oswalt, where he said that. Poor Republicans are like the girl who sleeps with Brett Michaels at the county fair and thinks he's totally going to come back for her next year. <laughs> it's like all of conservative America is just wringing their hands and going, take me with you, Republican Party, take me with you.
0: I think that, that ties into... Something, um, we've, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I know you and I and some other folks have had conversations when it comes to power. Vietnamese. Viet- Vietnamese. Vietnamese, yeah. You know, we fought a war over this, but, um. <laughs> <laughs> we're against the idea, these socialistic principles, even though, because it's that idea of we've been taught to believe, In this country, that we are a classless society, and that anybody can rise above their, you know, their station and become a success. And I think that's that's why people vote Republican. These deregulation stuff because I don't want welfare going to pay for all these taxes that I'm going to be paying when I get rich. (laughs) You know, it's that kind of mindset.
1: Well, the idea of social mobility is. Once the best and worst thing about this country, because America does have a stronger sense of social mobility than many places in the developed world. Like
0: England, you know, England is, even today, like, I've got a friend who's English and he tells me a lot, like, class is still a factor over there in a lot of different ways. And, you know, uh, more so than it is here, but I think it's completely false to say that we're truly classless. I mean, yeah, I, don't well, I mean, we're classless is an insult, but, you know, we're, we're not a classless society.
1: Yeah, I don't know if many people know this, but Benedict Cumberbatch is not legally considered human. <laughs> but Martin Freeman is. It's very strange. He has to hail all the caps for him. But yes, the, while we do have a greater sense of social mobility than a lot of places, the social mobility that we have is – still very confined to certain types of people and in as many ways uh, kind of a mirage Mm -hmm. but people have clung to that idea of social mobility so fervently and they so passionately believe that that is available to every single person that it inspires this bitterness this sense of Oh well, I've worked my ass off every single day to get exactly where I am. So if somebody's even one notch, believe me, that's cuz they
0: fucked up. Exactly. Get your pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Come on. It's not that hard. I did it.
1: It's uh there's something in this country like a disease that's been here pretty much our entire existence, but seems to become more and more visible with each passing year as the world changes and grows further towards progress. That's something that I call the great white lie. And that's the idea that in America, if you are white, you are owed a certain amount of privilege. You are owed a certain amount of social mobility. If you are good and clean and white, America will take care of you. And if that's not happening, that's because somebody has thrown a wrench into things, Uh and you got screwed. That's where you see so much anger from white America, especially over the past decade during the Obama years. This weird feeling of, wait, wait, other people are getting help? But, but, But I'm white. I get help, not you. I'm supposed to own this country daddy trump make it all better again make america white again
0: there's um <laughs> there's some comedian i heard one time talk about the idea of white privilege and he said that you know to be a white male and like still struggling means that you're playing a game on the easiest difficulty <laughs> and you're still getting your ass
1: kicked it's true but uh, that's the, something at the heart of so much of the Uh, quote-unquote political correctness backlash we see we've seen over the past couple of years people saying like oh i can't say this word i can't say that word oh i have to use your pronoun now oh i'm sorry i'll put a trigger in front of that it's this notion of wait a second why do i have to be sensitive to you no one's being sensitive to me
0: yep pretty much that's it
1: It's this last remnant of eighties "I've got mine, Jack"ism that is—I like to believe—is in its death throes now, and that's why it's so loud. Because nothing is louder than a dying animal. Uh I don't know. There are some things that I wonder can be eradicated on a massive scale. I wonder if some stuff is just America, and if some stuff is just humanity.
0: I think some of it is. Human nature. I think some of it is um, what they call exceptionalism. You know, we've been taught, especially our generation, that you know you can do anything um, if you work hard, put your mind to it. You can become anybody. Can be the president of the United States. And oh boy, were they right! Were they right? Ugh. Oh, to, to quote the Daily
1: Show on election night, Obama proved that anybody can be president. And Trump proved that, no, really, anybody can be president. <laughs> but I'm glad you brought up the idea of exceptionalism because it kind of goes back to your original point of the monkey's paw.
0: hmm
1: Which is – and and stay with me on this. I'm <laughs> there listening. There are certain parts of Trump's shtick that, on paper, divorced from him entirely, in a different context would be what America would need. Mm-hmm. And one of those is his attitude towards exceptionalism, specifically American exceptionalism. Because one thing Trump has repeated throughout the campaign and to this day is that America is not great. America gets his ass kicked. America is not the shining building on the mountaintop that Reagan talked about. America needs to get its shit together and get over itself, which is something America has needed a president to say for a while. Mm -hmm. But that's coming from – the evilest man who ever
0: lived. But it's funny that if Obama said the same thing, like, why does Obama hate America so much,
1: you know? Oh, well, remember whenever Obama at first came to office and was going to talk to Iran? Yeah. And Fox News was outraged and said – and I remember somebody saying verbatim, why can this president get away with lowering America so low as to talk to our enemies? Meanwhile, did you hear Trump wants us to be friends with Russia? It's about time we bury that hatchet.
0: Let are bygones, big bygones, I say. So they took a little bit of Crimea. Did you even know it existed? No.
1: Who hasn't poisoned a couple of journalists with radium?
0: <laughs> I mean, let he who is without sin throw the first piece of irradiated metal.
1: Oh, okay, even Trump has said the same thing. Which again is another thing that if it were coming from a different person and had a completely different motive would be something correct Uh which is a statement that we're not better than a lot of countries like america does fuck with other people's elections and america does murder some people but it would be one thing if that was said in the spirit of this is what we were let's make up for the past but this is said in the spirit of "hey, you're shit i'm shit everything's shit we're all pigs let's go roll in the mud (laughs) pretty much and we've seen uh, this past month the danger of that attempt to return to American exceptionalism like, with the attempted Muslim ban, which I feel so boondoggled by that. Cause I remember <laughs> Lovely going,
0: word. You, say that again just one more time.
1: Boondoggled. Boondoggled. But I remember after the, the election thinking to myself, now – the next four years are going to be a nightmare, but thank God we know that he was just talking out of his ass with the Muslim ban and the Mexico wall. Apparently, our worst case scenario was not worst case enough. <laughs> As we underestimate the power of Raw Crazy and Steve Bannon.
0: Oh, yes. I think the, the one thing that's seemed so interesting so far is that he's been waging these... Bad shit, crazy press conferences, uh, the past few weeks. But the one thing that always seems to really get him is when people say that Steve Bannon's his, uh, the man behind the throne, that he's actually the real president. Trump's not. Like, more than anything. He's fine with people calling him racist, sexist, xenophobic, but as soon as you say that he's not the guy in charge, that's when he really Gets mad. That and, like his hands are like the two <laughs> biggest things you can insult him on.
1: Those are his triggers. Mm-hmm. But this the Steve Bannon situation just frustrates me so much because you can never be sure if any horrible thing that's going on is horrible on purpose or not. Because we're a couple of weeks back, whenever the Muslim ban uh, was first enacted, reading a very unsettling article that. Was putting out the theory that the reason that entire situation was so poorly handled and was such an epic fail on even a racist executive order standard was because they had intentionally overshot it to piss everybody off long enough for Steve Bannon to join the Security Council. (laughs) Yeah. Which just went completely under the radar.
0: Not just that. Steve Bannon joined the Security Council and now the um, the director of the national intelligence who's like you know overseas like the cia nsa etc him and the joint Chiefs of staff aren't invited to national security they're not permanent members on the national security council anymore they're only invited by the president whenever he feels it's necessary for them to be there steve bannon's there all the time now but not not the actual experts in military and intelligence Mm -hmm. the guy who ran breitbart is more welcome at the table than they are
1: the small council grows smaller with every passing day mm-hmm. but seriously think about that steve bannon can now assassinate people
0: <laughs>
1: including american citizens
0: that's something that something else that went over the radar that happened in the obama administration uh, right before 2012 they actually did a drone strike on a us citizen he was in yemen he had been working with al qaeda he wasn't you know he was clearly you know a Terrorist, He had ties to terrorism, but they still killed a U.S. citizen without any due process. And at the time, you know, the few people who were talking about it were worried that it was going to open up a precedent, not for this president, but for future presidents. And, you know, who knows?
1: That's what makes the future so murky is... We saw how much dubious shit was done when Obama was keeping an eye on things. <laughs> I know. I, I don't want to see what happens when somebody with bad intentions
0: is <laughs> <laughs> actually Speaking of the future, maybe we can talk about this. But there is hope, James. Because did you see that Um, just the other day, NASA discovered a mini solar system about 40 light years away. It has seven Earth-sized planets, three that could be inhabitable. So... All you people always say, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. There seems to be an out, which is very interesting that NASA discovered this a month into Trump's presidency. Like, look, guys, we can go. Come on, let's go.
1: No, no, don't go public with that information because then Trump's going to be like, I bet there's whores on them planets.
0: What are we going to do? We're going to build a wall around Earth. Who's going to pay for it? The Trappist One system. We're going to make them pay for it. There, there, there are killers, rapers, and murderers on those planets, folks. Not good guys. They're coming over here. They're taking our jobs. Like, look, look what happened to Alderaan just last week. Alderaan. They take all, so many. This is bad, folks. It's so bad. What happened to Alderaan. I don't, look it up. Go, go to Fox News. They'll, they'll tell you the real story. Everything else, fake news.
1: Look, look, I love aliens. If, if you've seen me, you know my favorite movie is E.T. I am the least anti-alien person you will ever meet. That said, where's John Hurt right now? Where's John Hurt? He's dead. That's all I'm going to say. God and that's see.
0: something else that maybe is a silver line is the advent of Trump speak. You know, something that is... It's interesting. Like I actually saw a thing where a linguist broke it down, the way he speaks. in his speeches and his... Answers to the press and things, they're very. They kind of, um, uh, they do like I did. They just peter out because he doesn't. F- he doesn't finish complete sentences because he doesn't need to. Like like you know the stuff that happened with Sweden. He's like, look what happened in Sweden, folks. Last night they take on a lot of immigrants, and you know he he's not finishing the sentences because he doesn't have anything to say because it's bullshit. But he doesn't need to finish the sentences because the people who believe his bullshit just. You know, they take those those gaps and fill in what they need to fill in to believe him. Hmm. I'm
1: formulating a Jesse Ventura-like conspiracy theory at the moment. Oh,
0: God. Where's the man in the van, James? The
1: man in the van is undercover. Now, we know that a majority of Trump's uh, influence was gained on the Internet with uh, the 4chan and alt-right crowd basically shitposting him into the White House. Yes. And we've seen the way Donald Trump speaks – both in real life and on Twitter. Sad. Do you think it's possible that the president of the United States is actually a bot?
0: <laughs> oh, my God. He would be the old. I mean, we've already, I think, I think it was Dave who said something about the fact that we elected an internet troll as president. But, I, I mean, if you think about it. The original term for fake news come from Internet bots that just were – they were taking, like, words and just stringing them together to make actual fake headlines and post on Twitter. Who does that to? Donald Trump.
1: Just think about it. Could it be entirely possible that Donald Trump died, like, four or five years ago, and his people just put together a very sophisticated Twitter pot? To keep tweeting in his absence?
0: Right about the time of twenty, because, you know, he flirted with the run for president in 2012. Right around that time.
1: Think about it. What happens if that Twitter bot becomes aware?
0: Oh, my God. Wait a minute. You know what this is, James? This is the worst Black Mirror episode, the Waldo moment.
1: (laughs) It... I've thought about the Waldo moment a lot over the next <laughs> last couple of months.
0: He is just a orange Waldo. Oh well, no,
1: what does that mean, that there's somebody in a Trump suit out there, or that Trump himself is CGI? Which would explain the pigmentation problems.
0: Maybe it's a combination of both. There's a guy, like, in a suit, but the orange is after effect,
1: you know. Oh, it's Andy Circus.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, every I'm time okay. we see
1: Trump on stage, Andy Circus is at Weta, like, 500 miles away in a mo-cap suit.
0: That would also maybe explain the hair. They're having trouble rendering the hair. Do you remember, oh my god, do you remember when the hair was the worst thing we could talk about Donald, you know what I mean? One of the worst things we actually worried about with Donald Trump, like his hair, him wearing a wig. No one cares about the hair anymore. It's the stuff that's underneath it that we're worried about now.
1: I, I think we're on to something here. I think we, if there is no episode of Blow the Bible following this, I want you folks at home to know that we were found out and shut down. Yes,
0: the drones, the gunmetal drones finally got us, James.
1: So I would like to have TrumpBot2017 uh, trending on Twitter. As I've come to say uh, every episode now, you are the revolution, so. <laughs> and speaking of insane theories and things that happen, I don't really have a
0: segue here. Speaking of things that exist, news exist. Speaking of things made up of atoms. Speaking of carbon and things that breathe air.
1: I think it's time for us to finish out this episode with another edition of It Came From The South.
0: It
2: Came From The South.
1: And this episode, I've gotten a story you may or may not have heard thrown around a little bit since it first dropped on the 17th, which is the most tailor-made for Below the Bible Belt story I've heard in a long time. And that is... Florida Man. Oh no. Two words in, and you know exactly what kind of story this is going to be. (laughs) Florida Man. Reportedly tried to blow up Target stores. Nine words into this
0: headline. (laughs) Already the best news article ever.
1: Florida Man. Reportedly tried to blow up Target stores. To hurt company's stock.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, I thought maybe his his reasoning in that Twisted Florida logic was that, well, Target's in the name, so. Now,
1: 48-year-old Mark Charles Barnett, who, uh, the only information we can find about this gentleman is that he's a registered sex offender, like most people in Florida, I assume, <laughs> and that last week he offered an unnamed affiliate let's call him Octavio, $10,000 to place 10 operational homemade explosives in 10 select target stores in Florida, Virginia, and New York. Wow, he's, he's diversifying. Oh yeah, this was a full-on terror attack that was going to strike at the heart of America.
0: I was just thinking it was in, you know, relegated to just Florida targets.
1: And these were serious weapons that he was planning on using. Like, these would have blown the fuck up, these targets. The plan was for Octavio to smuggle various bombs into the stores in the guise of target products. (laughs)
0: Like he was, like, making a return?
1: I guess so, or just putting it on the shelves.
0: Excuse me, this uh, bomb-shaped pot does not work to my satisfaction. (laughs) I would like to return it.
1: Sir, I bought this novelty bomb. Wait, where are you going?
0: I like, in my mind, I'm thinking they're like the cartoon bombs, Big Black with the <laughs> large fuse.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, do you imagine just grabbing, like, a half-off box of macaroni? Oh, boy, it's my lucky
0: day. Oh, ah! <laughs> I feel like if I were going to die in a retail store, I would prefer Target to Walmart, for sure. At least they know I was shopping with some class when I died.
1: Oh, yeah. I feel like if he had tried this with Walmart, he would have succeeded.
0: <laughs> of course. <laughs> Walmart's like, bombs, aisle six. Go ahead, put it up. Please, sir, just blow this fucking store up. I have nothing to live for.
1: I'm just imagining, like, this heavily tattooed Russian man dropping a bomb onto the returns desk and saying, Yes, pie. Okay, so
0: <laughs> whatever you' you're like you're not even the weirdest customer I've seen all day.
1: and uh, Barnett's plan was to cause such a scandal at target due to uh, the bombing that his stock th- that target stock would plunge nationwide. Wait a minute.
0: And he was going to buy the stock after it plunged.
1: He was going to become the majority shareholder at Target. <laughs> Low cost crime.
0: I think Homeboy ripped off the plot of Casino Royale. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. But uh,
1: he did not become the CEO of Target because, as luck would have it, Octavio sold him out.
0: No, Octavio. You were his most trusted henchman.
1: And I. No information is given for why he decided to sell him out other than he heard that plot and thought to himself, is stupid. I go to
0: cops. <laughs> Octavio not going down for this. He already did 10 years when you know, they tried to uh, bomb a Sam's Club. That wasn't uh, about a stock option. He just you know didn't have a membership card and was pissed off.
1: <laughs> well, to give you an idea of their relationship, Barnett was quoted as saying to him, Start at Syracuse and work your way back down to Florida. Put one in each state, I guess. <laughs> so, Matt, you now know what you will have to do if you ever want to return triumphant to Dollar General as master.
0: <laughs> well, you know, um, that was going to be my plan when I drive up Massachusetts. Like, every state stop in the Target. Not, um bomb them of a sort. I was going to take a shit in the toilet and not flush it and then walk out. The perfect crime. Wouldn't it be hilarious
1: if it turned out that's what this dude was talking about the whole time? <laughs> this is just the worst misunderstanding in human history. <laughs> Man, he he said he's bombed several targets in the past. This guy's a genocidal madman.
0: <laughs> you know, I was thinking this is not even related to this. Actually, it's related to where our conversations went. But as I was packing the other day, I had a thought. So in my life, I've only lived in two states, Georgia and South Carolina. But as I thought about it, even though I've only lived in two states, I have (laughs) used the bathroom in a total of nine states. Don't know why I thought about that, but I'll say that's interesting. Maybe (laughs) only to me. You are America, Matt. I am the American dream. And
1: on that lovely note, until the South rises again, I have been James.
0: And I've been Matt, formerly of the South.
1: And you've been listening to Below the Bible Belt. Matt Johnson's truck crashed into a Waffle House 13 miles out from the Massachusetts border. There were no survivors. Visions
2: of the things to be, the pains that are withheld for me, I realize and I can not see that suicide is painless, it brings on many changes. And I can take or leave it If I please The game of life is hard to play I'm gonna lose it anyway The losing card I'll someday lay So this is all I have to say Suicide is song it brings on many changes, changes as I can take or leave it if I please the sword of time will
1: pierce our skin. It doesn't hurt when it begins, but as it works its way on in. The pain
2: grows stronger. Watch it breathe. Suicide is painless. It brings on many changes. And I can take or leave it if I please. A brave man once requested Answer questions that are key, is it to be or not to be, and I replied, oh why ask me, suicide is painless, it brings on many changes, and I can take or leave it if I please. and
1: Podcast
2: production. This meeting will come to order. The Legion of Pulp is now in session. In a moment, iTunes... Yes, Quizmotron? I was wondering, Emperor Palpatine, if I could, perhaps... Box Office Pulp thinks we need a few items to pawn on the black market. Box office pulp guy, you have a podcast dedicated to movie analysis. Pinhead, your pleasure puzzles are deadly. Isaac, you've you've got gone gone. What more do you need?
0: Obel, a nuclear warhead. What?
2: All other supervillains have them. With a nuclear warhead, I shall leave all of the podcasts to tear themselves apart with paranoia. Max off his pope wants a magic lasso to hang himself with. Can I get a ship in a bottle kit? I demand more corn. To make my own ship in a bottle. Oh, enough of this. The hell do I look like Santa Claus? We're wasting valuable time right now. My Pope drones are rewriting Apple's code to make our podcast number one on iTunes. Excuse me, Emperor. Quizmotron, what is it? All Quizmotron wants is pants, a decent pair of pants. <gasps> Just Vader wants pants too. Order! Order, order. To to significant is all supposed to be this, this complicated.
1: Complicated. Tune in next week at HopePodcastNetwork.wordpress.com
2: I don't even know how I deal with any of you on a daily basis. Bruce, hi me i just got back on the jets and i just i feel awful and now i'm just sitting here and and thinking of all the stuff i should have said and i didn't i I mean I, i didn't even get to tell you that that i'm your super friend too because of course i am we're the world's finest what am i doing I've got to see you. I've got to get off this jet. Oh, my God. Excuse me? Clark, please, sit down. I, n- I need to get off this jet, okay? I-, I need to tell someone that I appreciate them as an ally. I can't fly this thing with you moving around. Let him off the jet. Damn it, Diana, you don't understand. Try to understand. Great row, let me... No, no. Oh, my God, did he get off the jet? Did he get off the jet? I got off the jet. I respect you as a friend and as a partner. As do I. And I'm never letting you go again. You and me, alright? This is it. Unless we're on a break. <laughs> Get it because you broke. I got it, Bruce.
1: Box Office Poll sweeter than grandma's peach tea.
2: There are a lot of issues that plague the comic book community at large that are really never kind of addressed. I think what the three of us really wanted to do was do a show where we explore all of that.
1: And by the very hand of Odin himself... We now have the seed of this podcast.
2: Marvel's Odin. Does DC have an Odin?
1: They must. I don't, th- I don't think it- so. Let's go with, like, Image Odin.
2: Well, look, look, DC
1: has Hercules, so he has to have something.
2: Who doesn't have Hercules? Spawn?
1: He has Angela, who's, like, Lady Hercules. Yeah,
2: she is kind of Hercules-like. Can we still sure. legally say Spawn has Angela? Have I just gotten us in trouble? Well, now that she's as Guardian, I think it's, it's fair
1: play, so.
2: Hey, she's not technically as guardian.
1: Yeah, but she's Asgard's assassin.
2: She has, like, a weird new haircut. Have you seen Angela's new redesign? Look, we can get all into the pathos of Angela on another episode. That was just a little taste of graphic (laughs) novels.
1: As we all know, Superman arrived on Earth in a space rocket long ago, when he was Super Baby. The Man of Steel has always thought he was the sole survivor of the tragic catastrophe that destroyed his home world, Krypton. But fate has many strange twists, for this is not an ordinary tale of Superman, but the launching of a new member of our super family. So, without further ado, we take pride in introducing... Bright guns! I seem to see a youngster, flying, dressed in a super costume. It must be an illusion. Look again, Superman! It's me, Supergirl, and I'm real!
2: the Supergirl Power Hour, a monthly look at the
1: Maid of Might. So did Mike and MP post the wayward commentary to the internet, and having no further concerns, The boys sought podcasting adventure in the west. Many wars and feuds did they chat about. Honor and fear were heed upon their name. In time they became internet kings by their own hand. This story
2: shall also be told. Pulp Nightmare, a podcast undreamed of.